From sea to shining sea, America's favorite uncle, Bumpkin Bob. Hey, y'all, this is Bumpkin Bob coming to you from the Bumpkin Bob Show here in Salem Springs, Arkansas. I'm going to start off today's show with announcements and maybe an apology. Uh, we're here in the middle of August, and I've missed a bunch of birthdays from family and friends. So rather than try to catch all of them up, I'm just going to say kind of a blanket-belated birthday. Most of y'all, I think I've hit you up on Facebook, but uh, if I hadn't, I'm sorry. And But happy belated birthday to all of you, especially those that like have had a birthday between the first part of August and now. This is the 18th, Saturday, the 18th of August. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about that's kind of announcement-based was uh, something that's kind of been on my mind the last couple of days, and uh, that is the passing of two people that meant a great deal to the state of Arkansas. One was a native son, the other a transplanted native son, so to speak. Uh, the first, which was Glenn Campbell, who was born in Delight, Arkansas, I do believe, and great country musician, great studio musician, played with a lot of people. Uh, the other being Frank Broyles, who was transplanted here basically uh, from Decatur, Georgia, old Georgia boy, and happened to be the uh, longtime head football coach and athletic director at the U of A, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, Honestly, I think we could probably take this whole hour and not cover all the music that Glenn Campbell made and all the contributions to the state, especially college sports that Frank Broyles made, and not, not just to the state, but to the whole country. I mean, both of these men, you know, in their own way, in different ways, touched the whole United States. And, and kind of coincidentally, they both also died of Alzheimer's. And I do know that Mr. Broyles, his late wife, also passed away with Alzheimer's. And he wrote a book, which was kind of a play-by-play play type book for caregivers of Alzheimer's patients. So probably something we all should be aware of and maybe take a look at, maybe read, because... I'm sure all of us either have or will have a family member or friend that will be touched by this disease. So it'd probably be something good for all of us to read. Uh, man, I don't even know where to really start. When you think of Glenn Campbell, you think of, you know, songs like Galveston and Gentle on My Mind and uh, Wichita Lyman, which were all actually wrote by other people, but... I mean, Glenn Campbell actually put his signature on it. Uh, I mean, some of those songs just, no matter how many people redo them or do them over, I mean, it's once Glenn Campbell put his mark on it, it was there forever. I mean, it's it's just, I don't know. Nobody else can top what he did. And, and then the fact that he was such a marvelous musician and marvelous guitarist i mean he started out 
as a studio musician, and I've read somewhere that he couldn't even read music when he started out as a studio musician, which I thought was almost like a prereq because those guys have to play whatever's put in front of them. It's not something that they're practicing with a band or a specific a specific artist or whatever. It's just they go in the studio and they don't know from day to day. They could be playing, and he did, anywhere from the Beach Boys to Ray Price to Merle Haggard. I mean, it it was it was a crapshoot who he was going to be playing for that day, and he just had to play whatever was put in front of him. And just, you know, now everybody's aware of his his, his drug abuse and especially his little stint with Tanya Tucker. You know, that's just something that happens. But uh, a great musician meant a lot to the state of Arkansas. Uh, the other man, Frank Broyles, you know, I, I heard a interview with him this week where he said that uh, he came up, I think, in 48 or 49, somewhere in that time frame with uh, – I can't even remember which team now it was, out of Texas, Baylor, I think, and played the U of A right there in Fayetteville, and he was so impressed with the stores and, and the environment and everybody. He said all the storefronts said go hogs and you know, all the vehicles in the parking lot had go hog stickers that he, he told himself right then that that was his dream job was to coach at the U of A. And in 1957, he actually left the University of Missouri, where he'd been a head coach for a year, to come coach at the U of A. And he actually coached the football team for 19 seasons. Uh, I heard this week there was a statistic about the 1960s in the 1960s, he won a national championship. He won five out of ten of the Southwestern Conference championships. Came in second in the conference two or three three years, I think. I mean, he just had a, a spectacular record and was just actually in the 60s, literally, literally less than seven points away on two different occasions of winning – his second and third national championships. So, I mean, you have to give him props on that. And then he took over the foot as AD director in the early 70s. And uh, I don't know if you'd call it having the guts or the vision in, I think, 76 to actually fire himself as head coach and bring in uh, Lou Holtz as our head coach here at the U of A. And, and another thing that happened over his 19 years as head coach was the assistant coaches under him, his defensive and offensive coordinators and his position coaches between them went on to win, I think it was six Super Bowls, five national college championships, and over 40 conference championships. I mean, he had people, Hayden Fry, Barry Switzer, Jimmy Johnson, and the list just goes on and on of people who were assistant coaches under Frank Broyles. So, I mean, that that legacy for college football is just, 
I think it's unprecedented. He also had a very long stint with ABC opposite Keith Jackson calling college football on Saturday afternoons. And I, I don't think there's been a better uh, color man on college football before or since. I mean, uh, Frank Broyles really knew his stuff. He he went in prepared every week, and, he, and you could tell from his broadcast not only that he was prepared, but that he loved the game of college football. Uh, he also brought people into, into the U of A. Uh, of course, everybody knows, I mean, like Lou Holtz, Ken Hatfield, and the people he had coaching, you know, Houston Nutt, his football team. But he's also the one that brought Nolan Richardson here, you know, and I'm sure he's also the one that brought – uh, McDonald here, who was the track coach that won, won so many national championships. Uh, he's also one of very few Division One football schools that was self-supportive. I mean, they didn't use any tax dollars. They actually gave money to the university every year. So it's just an unbelievable legacy that I don't think will ever be matched I mean, no no offense against Jeff Long or any other athletic director in the United States. I, I just don't think nobody will ever match that legacy. I I, I can't believe there's ever, ever been a AD that had that long of a tenure at a school. And if there has, y'all can correct me. Say, you know, we got the email link, so or hit us up on Twitter. At Bumpkin Bob Show, my son will be happy I got that right. Or you know, hit our email links up if I'm wrong. But you know, just to coach 19 years and be athletic director, and I'm not exactly sure how many years he was athletic director. It was a long time. Uh, started in the early 70s and ran all the way into 07 or something like that. 06. Uh, Maybe at some point somebody will step in here with a piece of paper and hold up those numbers for me because I know I've got some research people in there that have smartphones who could get that information for me so that I don't look like a complete dumbass. So we'll move on until somebody, here's what I've been saying, <laughs> comes in here maybe with a piece of paper and holds it up and goes, this is hello, Bob. We'll just have to see if anybody did that. Of course, they may not even be listening to me. They may be all in there having them a little party and drinking or something. Uh, kind of keeping in tune with the, the whole Arkansas thing. Uh, I worked with a man. Oh, let me think how long ago it was. Almost 19 years ago, 20 years ago since I actually worked with him. Who, who was actually brought up down close to the same area that Glenn Campbell grew up in. And uh, really, really a good guy. But it made me think of a, a story with him that uh, it takes a little while to set this whole story up. So bear with me as we're talking about it. But in and around... 
Uh, oh, and by the way, Frank Brawls was athletic director for 30 years at the U of A. I mean, that is 33 years, I'm sorry, at the U of A. That is that has got to be unprecedented. It it just blows my mind. And I bet, though, there may have been people who coached longer, and there may have been people who were athletic director longer. I bet there's not another athletic director that fired their self as head coach. Top that one. Anyway, back to my story. I was I, I worked at a plant over in Little Rock, and uh, it, like I said, this is around 1985. I'd just been married a year. We only had one vehicle at the time, so. I got off at 3.30, is that right, or 4? I guess I got off at 4 o'clock. My wife didn't get off till 5, so uh, she would swing by the plant after work and pick me up. Well, he came up to me, and he was like, hey, he said, you're usually here for an hour every day, aren't you? And I said, yes, sir. And he's like, would you like an hour overtime? I'm like, sure. So what do I got to do? And he said, well, I need somebody this afternoon to run a forklift for me. And because uh, he, 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 our forklift, we had a man basket we could put on to kind of use as a scissor lift, which I'm, I'm thinking OSHA doesn't allow these anymore because they're probably not the safest thing in the world. But he had to run an airline up over the final assembly area. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that for you. So uh, four o'clock when I got off shift, I went and grabbed the forklift, got the man basket. He got his air hose and. I was running him up into the red iron above the final assembly, and he was running this airline across there. Well, on the end of final assembly, and I I, I don't know how big this tank was gallon-wise. If I had to guess, I would say it's probably a 1,000 gallons because it was huge. I mean, it was probably six by six anyway, probably 12 foot long, and I'm just guessing it may have been actually bigger than that. But they would, they had a big silo outside and they would pump oil from that silo outside into this tank that was setting about 12 feet off the ground and then it would gravity feed down to the hoses that they actually oiled transformers with because they would actually pull a vacuum on these transformers and then put those gravity feed hoses on there and they would basically suck the oil into their self because they had a vacuum pulled on. Well, while he was running the airline, there was some old phone line and stuff up there. So he just took a pair of pliers and cut all that old phone line out and threw it down on the ground. Well, the next day, they started pumping oil from outside. They were getting low in the tank on the inside of the building, pumping oil in. Well, what it was is there was a float in there that would raise up and it would set off a buzzer when it got full. Well, that's what he cut. He thought he's cutting some old phone line and he actually cut the buzzer feed off of there. Well, of course the buzzer didn't go off and the tank filled up and it didn't have a top on it. So it just overflowed. Well, by the time everybody realized what was going on and somebody ran outside and, and got that, the pump shut off, man, we had transformer oil everywhere. 
It was unreal. We were literally just getting pallets of oil dry, making dams to to stop the flow, so to speak. And uh, I, I'm trying real hard not to say this guy's name. He's just a good old country boy, but he just looked up there. He's like, well, I'll be damned. I guess that wasn't the phone line I cut out there yesterday, was it, Bob? I'm like, no, sir, I don't think it was. He's like, you think you can run that fork truck again for me now so I can run that cable back up there? I'm like, yeah, I can take care of it, no problem. So as the day that we basically flooded the transformer shop with transformer oil, it was pretty funny at the time. Uh, man, we're fixing to get into some stuff that has really been bothering me the last month, uh, especially the last week. And, and I know it's not going to be politically correct, I know I'm not going to be right on a bunch of this stuff. I mean, it's just yeah, everybody gets, you get a lot of information thrown at you, whether it's fake or real. It's tough to, to decide what is. Uh, all the shit going on because of what happened in Charlottesville. I know that was bad. Don't get me wrong. It was bad. But people erasing history is not going to change that fact. And you can't just go around doing that. That's just, it's just wrong. It's like, uh, and, and I'm sorry if anybody takes offense to this, but it's like, you know, the these, these liberals are the ones doing this. And... They have a track record of this. I mean, right now it's Confederate statues. Uh, 30 years ago, it was our Vietnam vets that they were they were trashing. I mean, it's it, it seems like there's nothing you could do to get them away from trashing vets. And it's like, y'all need to get alive and get over this shit. And, you know, and I think a lot of it is our media feeding this frenzy of bullshit. And the ones I really blame a lot are the late-night talk show hosts. I literally, in the morning news, they have their Friday funnies or whatever on ABC. I, I mute the shit. I'm tired of hearing you guys. Y'all are like broken fucking records. And it, I'm just tired of it, you know? Yeah, y'all are... You guys, you know, the ones, the late-night talk show hosts, y'all are not impressed. You make a very good living, and, and I don't understand your bullshit way of thinking. I just really don't. And I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing actors, you know, tell me who and what I should be voting for. You people live in a never-never land, and you're trying to tell working people what they should do. You know, it's like when y'all are out trying to raise money for something, quit telling me to give money that I have to earn doing a hard day's living, and I'm not earning a 99th of what y'all earn, if, if it's even that much. And instead, if you feel like you, you're that hung up on a cause, you know, take a couple of million you're getting from a fucking movie and you give it to them. 
Quit asking me for it. You know, and then also, and, and I, man, I should not do this. I should not try to quote Bible verses because I'm bad at it. But I think in the book of Matthew is where it's at. It tells you if you're going to give something, you shouldn't let the right hand know what the left hand's doing, which means if you give something like that to charity or you help somebody, you shouldn't be out blowing your own fucking horn about it. You know, you give it in silence and be done with it. And, and oh my God, I, I just, I get so angry about the whole thing, I don't even know where to start. And the, I heard yesterday they're wanting to take the carvings off of Stone Mountain and that they're wanting in Georgia because they're of Confederate generals. And they're wanting to decommission, I guess, is that the correct word? Mount Rushmore as a, as a national park. It's like, you people, you liberals have lost your fucking minds. You know, and I, I'm going to say this, and Lord help me for saying it, but as Americans, we need to get back to one nation under God. I mean, we have to have a moral compass, people. And and some of the shit you people are doing is crazy. It's fucking crazy. And I'm going to tell you something else. You need to go back through history and look at your empires and great nations through history. When they've lost their moral compass, they've imploded. And, and that's where we're headed. You know, the the Christian conservatives of this country are, are trying to let people get by and, and accept stuff that's probably not moral. It's immoral, however you want to look at it. You know, trying to do the Christian thing, but sometimes that's not the Christian thing. I, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Maybe I shouldn't be saying it at all. I don't know. But it's like this. And, and yesterday, when we when I was talking to some, let's say, advisors, we'll call them advisors, because that's a good name for these guys. When we were talking about this, we were being funny. But it's like all this stuff with gender. People, I don't identify as a female. I don't identify as a female, I identify as a male. Or I'm male and I don't identify as male, I identify as a female. Or the lady up there, I think she's in Seattle, Washington, that's white as a snowflake, but she identifies as African-American. Well, if that's the case, because you people are telling me now that I can't be proud to be white, I can't be proud to be from the South, so I'm going to go way South and say I identify as Hispanic, more specifically Mexican, and I think next week I'm going to go apply for a green card and and see if I can't become a legal Hispanic immigrant. You know, at least then I can fly the red, white, and green flag and act like I'm proud of something. Only thing I want to know is, did I miss Cinco de Mayo? Does anybody know when that is? Any of you other bumpkins have a clue? Well, if you don't, it's the 5th of May. 
And here's another little thing about Cinco de Mayo. Let's just go on and go down the history. I did not know this till my brother-in-law told me. But, you know, everybody here in the United States ought to celebrate Cinco de Mayo because what it was was, I think, France landed in South America during the Civil War. I mean, here we are arguing about Confederate generals and Confederate monuments. And... France landed down there and was going to march north and try to attack the United States while we were embroiled in our own little conflict. And they got stopped in Mexico. So really and truly, as Americans, whether you're South American or North American, except Canada, and that's just a whole nother, oh my God, can of worms, frozen worms, don't get me wrong, but a whole nother can of worms we probably don't even want to get into. But if you're American, you probably need to be celebrating Cinco de Mayo, which is the 5th of May. I'm not that stupid. I'm just trying to be funny. But there again, I mean, if she can identify as African-American, why can I not identify as Mexican? I want a green card. And I'm pretty sure I ought to be eligible for Medicare if I get a green card. Oh, and since I'm a new immigrant, I think I should get five years of free taxes. I mean, isn't that how that works? I mean, hell's bells. Uh, and I know I'm getting way off subject on everything. But here again, people, you cannot erase history by destroying monuments. And where does it stop? You know, I, I read today that Martin Luther King was against gay marriages. So is the LBGTABR549, whatever, all that. They got they add new letters to that every week. But whatever their little LBGBRTA, whatever it is, they're gonna want the Martin Luther King monuments tore down because he didn't he was against gay marriage. So all the roads in the United States that are named after Martin Luther King, do they want them renamed? There's schools over in Oklahoma that are named after Robert E. Lee that they're going to rename them. Well, guess what, folks? There's some schools named after Martin Luther King. And apparently, if people start looking, and, and these are they right-wing or left-wing liberals? I don't even know anymore. I am so confused, I can't see straight. But one of them's going to figure out that he didn't like gay marriages, and they're going to start saying he, if their statues and roads named after him offend them. So are we going to tear all them down? We got the Statue of Liberty from France. Is somebody going to be offended by that? You know, and want it tore down? It's, uh, I heard today somebody's defacing the Lincoln Monument. It's like... You know, poor old Lincoln can't win for losing. He owned slaves, but he also freed them. He, he signed the Mac Emancipation Proclamation. I get so carried away, I can't think of what my words are. So he basically was on both sides of the coin, wasn't he? So he don't have a chance. Either white supremacists are going to hate him for freeing the slaves, or the black people are going to hate him for owning slaves. And it's like... He, are we going to tear down every monument in the U.S.? I mean, George Washington owned slaves. I read somewhere today that, you know, everybody on the $1, $5, 10 maybe up through the $20 bill owned slaves. 
So we're going to get rid of all them? I mean, where does it stop, people? Uh, people probably won't. You either may or may not think this is funny. Somebody posted a picture on Facebook of the, of the scales that are in the doctor's office. And we all have been to the doctor, and the first thing the nurse does is she carries you back there to the little triage room and makes you weigh and get your height and then sets you down and take your blood pressure. It doesn't matter if you were there last week. She does it again. Somebody posted a picture of one of those scales and says, this statue offends me. I want it removed. Well, hell yeah, I do. Every time I go to the doctor, I want the damn thing removed. I don't, I don't want to get back on the damn thing. Where does it stop? Will it ever stop? I mean... Jesus Christ, people. And I'm going to say something else about the late night talk show host and the actors that support all this bullshit that you hear all the time bitching and moaning. It's like conservative American. If you're a conservative American, and I'm talking to everybody that voted for Donald Trump, and I'm fixing to get to Trump, too. I got a few things to say about that. But everybody that voted for Donald Trump if somebody advertises on a late-night TV show, one of those talk show hosts, and are one of the shows that one of these actors acts on, we need to quit buying their product. Just quit. I'm tired of it. And then on top of that, there has been one NFL owner that has spoke out about some of the shit these guys are doing, and that's Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys. It's like, you know, old Kaepernick would sit on the sidelines on his team when the National Anthem plays. Now, everybody's got kicks against Jerry Jones. Somebody said the other day in the group of guys I was talking about, they was like, yeah, he stood up for that, but if anybody gets in trouble for domestic violence, he's the first one that offers them a contract. Well, that may be true, but he is the only one that told them that if, as long as they're working for the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to stand for the national anthem. My opinion, people, it doesn't matter if it's pro football, basketball, college football, college chess games. If the participants don't stand for the national anthem, don't buy tickets. Just stop it. We got to get through to these people that, you know, they're living in America. They need to stand for the national anthem and have a little bit of American pride and quit acting like fucking idiots. And yeah, I said fucking idiots. Now, that part's probably going to get it edited out because I'm sure my son's going to bleep it. But that's just the way I feel about it. I, I'm tired of this bullshit, you know? So. I am calling. Here, here we go right now. We're five episodes into the Mumkin Bob show, and I'm calling for a protest because I have so many followers. But I, I want y'all to protest this bullshit. If people advertise on that crap, don't buy their products. I'm serious as a heartbeat. And all these business people that have come out as liberal, tell me tell me that there is not at least one CEO out there that's conservative and won't stand up for what's right and go against these liberals. I, I just don't understand that. You know, and I, I hear rumblings in 
in the entertainment world of actors or musicians that are conservative, but they won't stand up and say they're conservative because they'll get blackballed. The only two that come to mind is Tim Allen and uh, my brain just went blanker than shit. Oh, my God. Mr. Cat Scratch Fever, what is his name? Oh, yeah, there's Clint Eastwood, but then there's also... What's the rock and roll guy's name? Does Cat Scratch Fever? Musician? Come on, somebody give me help here. Please, Lord, let that name come to me. Uh, Ted Nugent. How could I forget that? But, you know, we got a few out there that have the balls enough to get up and state that they're conservative. And they're still working. So the rest of y'all that are conservative, you need to stand up and let people know that. You know, let's... And here's the deal. Out there in entertainment Hollywood, if if liberals control all the studios, then some of you conservatives need to get together, whether you're directors or writers or actors, and start your own studio and bypass them. Be done with them. You know, let's just work around them. I said something a minute ago, and this bothers me to no end, and I gotta get it off my chest. My God, this Saturday is just gonna be getting shit off my chest kind of day. I voted for Donald Trump. Not gonna make apologies for that. I I swear to God, I swear to God, and maybe I shouldn't do that. If Hillary Clinton was running against Hillary Clinton for president, I still wouldn't have voted for her. I would have just not voted. Now, I make myself clear. Has nothing to do with her gender. I just don't like her. You understand me? Uh, it, it all goes back to her and Bill and Whitewater and everything that went on in the state of Arkansas. And yeah, I still hold grudges. I'm going to tell you right now, anybody that knows me, and, and there's, there is somebody right here that may be watching this that every now and then wants to send me a text message because they think I, I want to hear what they have to say. But anybody that knows me, truly knows me, knows once I'm done with you, I'm fucking done with you. You hear me? And Hillary Clinton, I was done with in the 80s. Done. Done, done, done. I I swear to God, New York City, or New York State, I'm sorry, I don't know why y'all ever made her a senator. Worst mistake y'all ever did in your life. Worst mistake, worst mistake, worst mistake. At least in the top five. Probably three out of the top five. That's what I'm going with. Therefore, I did vote for Trump. If he ran tomorrow, I would vote for him again. I want to make that very clear. In four years, 26, is it 2020? I guess it's 2020. <laughs> anyway, in 2020, when we, 2019, I guess, I don't know. I don't know when we'll actually vote. But that being said, when it comes up again, I'll vote for him again. That's just how it is. But I have something I need to say to Mr. Trump. And what I need to say to Mr. Trump is, 
please, for the love of God, get your house in order. And I'm talking about the White House and your staff. Get them in order and then quit saying stupid shit. Because every time you pop off, you not only make yourself look stupid, you make the rest of us who voted for you look stupid. We need you to stand up and think about what you're saying before you say it so that you quit giving all these damn liberals ammunition against you. Maybe you think it's funny. I think it's pretty fucking sad is what I think. You know, it's I just feel like every time you do that, you you probably think it's hilarious because they just blow up and go off on these rants. I think it makes you look about this tall and it makes me feel about this tall for voting for you, which I would do again. And I will do in 2020 or whenever. I, I don't know. Yeah, 2020 is when the election, then your fourth term will start in 2021. I'm just saying. That, that's how it is. But think about what you're doing and think about what you're saying. That being said, something else that I want to get off my chest is you're handling the North Korea. And I'm telling people right now, you're the only thing you've popped off in the last three months that I've agreed with was when you told him that if he bombed Guam, he would be met with fire and fury like the world has never known. Because in my opinion, and North Korea may send assassins for me tonight, my opinion, he's a bully. And the only way to handle a bully is to stand up, tell him what's going to happen, and back it the fuck up. And there's not a liberal president, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, if she had got elected, Joe Biden, or any of the rest of them that would have just stood up and say, hey, you bomb Guam, we're going to bomb the living fuck out of you. That's just how it is, because that's the only language he understands. That I guarantee you, if they'd have stood up there and played patty cake with him and tried to stroke his ego and... He would have bombed Guam this weekend. So that bullshit argument about, and oh my God, I heard somebody the other day on Facebook, they recorded this lady. She said, oh my God, I'm afraid if North Korea bombs us, Trump will get us in a war. Do you even think about the things you're saying before you say them? If North Korea bombs us, Trump's going to get us in a war. Well, you're damn right. If North Korea bombs us, whoever is the sitting president would bomb them the fuck back. I mean, use a little common sense, lady. It just sometimes things people say completely blow my freaking mind. And I'm telling you right now, and I apologize, I've used the F word a whole bunch today, and I'm sure my son is going to bleep part of it out or... I, I don't know what he's going to do. He might leave it in there. But just between me and you, it it just, it's got me fucking stained. And there, there are times, I actually had a headache before this started. And I think it was due to my blood pressure being up and getting this off my chest has helped. It's just everything that I just need to get out there 
and say. It's like y'all have got to use your common sense. And the the whole deal about Trump getting us in a war with North Korea does not hold water. Because I'm telling you, people, somebody would have had to deal with him. They they've needed to deal with him the last five or six years, and Obama just overlooked him. I mean, that just he looked around him, knowing that once his term was over, he wouldn't be able to serve again, and somebody else would have to deal with him. Obama passed him off, is what he did. And the the only thing we can say is thank God we got a president in there that just stood up to him and wouldn't take his little shit. That being said, China needs to step in and get a rein on the little feller and try to rein him in or something and, and kind of pull him back because all he wants to do is develop nuclear weapons and kill somebody. That's, I mean, and not just somebody. He wants to kill hundreds of thousands of people in one swift push of the button. And everybody's going to fool around and let him do it. I mean, we've got to, to, to keep staying. And we gotta, we got to show a united front against the little guy. And, and everybody say... Yeah, it's kind of like this is the way it needs to be, okay? It's kind of like my oldest son. He says about his brother and sister, I can mess with them all I want, but anybody else messes with them, we got problems. Well, everybody needs to be that way about Trump. And it's like y'all can say whatever you want in-house, in-country, whatever, but when it comes to international things like that, everybody needs to line up and back him up because we need to show a, a can't think of the word right now. We need to show a united front against North Korea. Our people, he's a bully. and He's going to walk all over. So that's just how it is. That's bottom line. Now, I know, especially a lot of you 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old liberals don't know how to deal with a bully because instead of punching a bully in the nose, you went to the school principal or you went to this person or, or whatever. You don't know how to deal with a bully. We get that. Trump did the right thing. He told him, you're going to be met with fire and fury like you've never known. And he backed it up. That's just how it is. And that's what we have to do. That being said, don't misunderstand me. Sometimes when Trump opens his mouth, I just fucking cringe. It's like you're not only making an ass out of yourself, you're making a ass out of the out of the office of the presidency, and you're making an ass out of those of us that voted for you. I mean, you need to straighten up and think about things that you do and say before you do and say them, and quit shooting off at the mouth. Yeah. I, I cannot believe to, in my heart of hearts that you made the money and built the, the enterprises, the businesses, whatever assets that you have by shooting off at the mouth. I mean, I, I, I cannot 
believe those were not all calculated business decisions. And that's the way we want the office of the presidency run. That's why we sent you up there. You know, and it, and, and again, if you think it's funny to, to send the media and the liberals off on tirades by mounting that stuff off, I, I'm sorry, you're making us look like idiots. And, and I, me for one, wish you would just stop and think about it before you mouth off. Now, I've, I've really spoke about a lot of shit and not said a lot today, probably. Uh, you know, I, I spoke about late-night talk show liberals and actor liberals and boycotting football teams where the players don't stand for the national anthem. But, you know, it's like I'm not politically correct I say, you know, I, I say, God bless America. I salute the flag. You know, I, I salute the men and women of this country that served. And maybe that's not politically correct, but that's just how it is. And everybody else needs to do it. We need to put the Pledge of Allegiance back in schools. You know, I can't remember back when I was in elementary school and junior high who that lady was that was always raising hell she was an atheist about something in schools i blame her for all this shit she got it started but i'm telling you people if you're a conservative christian person we outnumber these people i don't know why we let them push us around and do shit like that you know, there's a lot of stuff they're doing that offends me, but I keep my mouth shut. Well, I'm not going to do it anymore. And it's like we're going to start we're going to start calling that shit out when it offends me and the people who listen to this show. So if you're offended, then I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. We're going to start calling these people out and we're tired as Christian Americans putting up with the shit. We're not going to do it anymore. That's just how it is. I want to make sure everybody remembers to change the subject and get a little little easier on everything. Uh, hit our email links up. I still want to hear your job site stories. And, and let's put the funny back in the Bumpkin Bob show. Uh, so make sure you get to those email links and hit us up with that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Bumpkin Bob Show. I'm going to get back. As a matter of fact, I'm going to, I'm using my daughter's laptop right now. I'm going to get Twitter bookmarked so that I can start every morning and every afternoon making some posts on Twitter again. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. There's probably going to be some shit set on there that, May not be politically correct, but this is the times we live in, so to speak. Uh, We are still, and we want suggestions on this, we are still at some point going to start doing our day trips. Uh, I had a discussion yesterday with one of my advisors, and he was about to go nuts because I didn't already have a first place picked out and I didn't already have a list of places that we want to visit. But we are going to start doing that. And to coin a phrase, and we probably, I need to tell somebody in management, oh, wait a minute, that'd be me. We probably need to get this bookmarked. But when we do our day trips, we want you bumpkin bunnies to come out there. 
And we will discuss in later episodes exactly what a bumpkin bunny is. I mean, if those rodeo cowboys can have buckle bunnies, why can't we have bumpkin bunnies? That's what I'm thinking. And I'm pretty sure, and I, I brought this idea up. My son was going no, and I was going yes. Probably going to have some T-shirts that say bumpkin bunnies because I think that's pretty cool. Don't y'all, don't y'all think we... On the email, when you hit them email links up, make sure you tell my son. Just, let's say, uh, uh, put it to Bumpkin Jr. We need some Bumpkin Bunny t-shirts. And and we also need some Bumpkin Bob t-shirts. And maybe some other t-shirts. I'm not sure. We need some t-shirts or some caps or something to get out there. Some nice sweatshirts, some nice hoodie. That'd be nice. A zip-up hoodie. Says Bumpkin Bunny. I mean Bumpkin Bob on it. Bumpkin Bob's Bumpkin Bunnies. How's that? That's a quadruple B right there, buddy. Uh, I think, I really think, my daughter and son-in-law are sitting in the other room listening to this, and they're probably going, oh, my God, I can't believe he records shit like that every week. Anyway, that's just the way it is. Uh, Make sure you catch us. On Facebook, make sure you catch us on YouTube. Uh, we're going to have some excerpts here and there on YouTube for the show. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, I'm getting really hoarse. I've talked a lot this last 50 minutes or so about shit again. And and, and everybody, every male... I don't know, red-blooded American male can, it's okay to admit this, but I will admit this. Uh, the day Glenn Campbell died and the and the day that uh, Frank Brawls died, I shed a tear. I'm not going to lie to you. Both those passings just really touched me. And, uh, uh, and the people of the state of Arkansas – in some way should honor both these men uh maybe through maybe even get the alzheimer's association involved but uh you know they both really meant a lot to their respective uh endeavors that they did i mean glenn campbell to music frank brawls to college football uh I don't know about Glenn Campbell memorial services or anything. I know that today at 2 o'clock they held a memorial service at Bo Walton Arena, which I'm sure that that place holds probably 25,000 people. It was probably packed. Uh, I think ESPN streamed it live, so they probably will be showing that again. You should really catch that because I think there was going to be a lot of prominent people speak at that memorial service anyway uh, i i hope that the state of arkansas does something to honor both uh glenn campbell and frank brawls i almost forgot this and this is really chapping my ass and i'm gonna say this and then we're gonna get out of here uh Another state congressional member, and I'm going to do some research and have that for you exactly by the next time we shoot. State congressional member has introduced again to drug test 
people filing unemployment. Here's my feeling. Number one, most people have to take a drug test and take random drug tests while they're working. Then they get laid off and they start drawing unemployment while they're looking, looking for another job. And what's happening there? Well, every time they go apply, they're getting drug tested. So in my opinion, the only thing drug testing the people on unemployment's going to do is put money in some drug lab's pocket that we really can't afford, which means they're going to have to increase employers' insurance premiums for unemployment. Unemployment is an insurance-type system that the state provides to employers. So, in my opinion, either some lobbyist has got to a state congressman or state senator, whoever introduced it, or somebody's buddy that owns a damn drug testing lab, and they're just looking for a check from the state of Arkansas every month. And what's going to end up happening is we're going to spend thousands of dollars, and I'm talking about probably $100,000 a year, on drug testing people on unemployment, and they might catch one or two and kick them off unemployment. So we're going to spend hundred thousand dollars to save three thousand dollars and to me that's not good economics by the next time i'm i air show i'm going to have that information and people need to call that congressman call all your state congressmen and call the governor this is the most outrageous use of money that i've ever seen that's our tax dollars they're spending and they're just throwing it away it's not going to catch anybody again these people before they get laid off have been drug tested they're out looking for work these are the working people that they're doing this to then you go to get your unemployment you're gonna have to get drug tested so the state's throwing away fifty to a hundred dollars because every time you go in and, and fill out an application for employment, you're getting drug tested. So I, I just don't see their logic to this. And what's going to end up happening is the employer who just laid you off, their premium's going to go up because they're drug testing you at the state of Arkansas when. And it just, it blows my mind. It's like, okay, let's drug test the people we know can pass. But people that are on welfare, we're not going to drug test them. Because some of them might actually be doing illicit drugs. And then we'd have to kick them off the program. Anyway, this is Bumpkin Bob. I'm getting out of here for today because I've about talked all I can talk. Next week, I will have that information. Make sure you email the governor's office and tell him not to sign that bill because that's the stupidest thing they've ever done. Anyway, we're out for tonight. Y'all have a good weekend. See you next week.